I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. All right. Everyone, welcome to the All Dick is Trash podcast, uh, the podcast about sex, dating, relationships, the patriarchy, and everything in between. I am your host, Millie Tamares, uh, and I am joined by a special guest co-host who will co-host the next few things. We miss Candy. We love her very much, uh, but I have a co-host for the next few episodes. Folks, distinguished guest which I hear is the gender-neutral term for ladies and gentlemen, and I like it. Uh, everyone give it up for Rashid Green! Howdy, howdy, howdy. What yes. Up? So you you are going to be hosting the, po- the next few podcasts with me, but I just want to get the listeners, you know, uh, before we get into everything that I've been doing and catching everyone up on my life, uh, these people probably want to hear about you. Uh, who are you? What do you do? Where are you based? How do we know each other? Uh, I'm based in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, actor, writer, uh, sometimes producer in Baltimore, Maryland. <laughs> um, in Baltimore, Maryland, uh, I do improv, sketch, some dramatic acting and scripted theater. 
Um, and Millie and I go way, way, <laughs> way, way, way. <laughs> me and Millie go way black. Yeah, way, no. Way People black. Think we grew up together, Rashid. Way black when <laughs> Millie and I know each other from way black when we've known what, each other for like five or six years. Rashid. Was it twenty? Was it twenty thirteen? May twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen? I want to say it was twenty. It was. It was probably. Yeah, I think it was twenty fourteen. So that's like six years then. Yeah. Yeah, because and it or was seven that, years or no twenty fourteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Millie and I, I know math. <laughs> Yeah, so Millie and I met. Yeah, it will be. It was six years in June because DCM is. We met at uh, Del the Close Del Close Marathon. Del it's Close a comedy Mar- festival yes. in 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 New York City, hosted by RIP 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 UCB. Uh, if I could figure out the foghorns, I would do that. The air horns. But I guess I can on my phone, but. I have a weird guy DMing me, so I'll hold it off. I did it with my, my mouth. Phone. Yeah, um, so then we met at DCM. Okay, so tell us more. So, and you're based in Baltimore. Yes. Um, and the funny thing is, Millie met us. She met Cas- She met my, I'm in an all-black improv troupe called Casually Dope. And uh, back then, we were called Minority Report. Minority Report. Report. Yes, you guys used to be called Minority Report. Yes. And uh, we were like, it was our first Del Close Marathon. <laughs> uh, and we were we were hyped. And we were like, oh, my God, we're the only troop from Baltimore. Mm, excuse me. Uh, we're the only troop from Baltimore, D.C. area going to Del Close. Um, no, and then we found there were more D.C. people. We were the only troop from Baltimore. And we were really hyped. And our slot for our performance. So for those who don't know Dell Close Marathon, it's literally like 24 hours. Like, it's, well, it's, it's 72 hours. It's like three hours. days. It's like 72 or like 60 hours straight of comedy, like which shows at five in the morning, three two in the afternoon, 3 a.m. Like all this whole like thing. And it's over like 12 theaters. It's just sad because like UCB didn't know, like Upright Citizens Brigade didn't know how to make money from it. But it really did bring together all these really great people. And I've met so many people in my life through those festivals. Um, yeah. But what were you going to say about it? No, we were just really hyped. And our, our, that first year, we were at the theater at St. Mark's yeah. by NYU. And <laughs> we were like, oh, we shit, we doing DCM. And we get out there and they're like, you get 15 minutes on the stage. No ifs, ands, or buts. And we were like, no, okay, for sure. cool, right on. And we get out there, and it's Millie and, like, three other people in the audience. And this white dude was up front, dead to the world, sleep. Mouth open. And I'm talking about sleep. It was just yeah. funny because it was like we heard Millie's laughter in the emptiness of that theater. Um, and even though there Probably was... Probably one of the only times my laughter was reassuring to anybody. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank you. Someone likes us. And then you came up and introduced yourself and we were at the party space and it's been on ever since. Yes. We've been it's been many uh, at one DCM a few years ago and then we can move on. Yeah. One DCM in, a few years ago, uh, Rashid was like, okay, I'm going to leave. I'm going to be here. I have to go to work on Monday. I'm going to leave at 7 p.m. Uh, the, the party space, like there was like an after party spot where like all the performers could go chill. And like there was a DJ and it was lit. So Rashid's like, oh, the party space is down the street from the bus station. I'm just going to go for an hour and then go to my bus. 
then like it's 7 30 and i'm like rashid's like okay i'm gonna take the eight o'clock bus and then the nine o'clock bus and then the and then rashid was there until four in the morning like and i had to work i had to work it was a sunday night and i had to work that monday and i took like the 4 a.m bus from new york to white mars so i like get there and i had to like wait for like an uber (laughs) and then i didn't go to sleep i just went to work i was so scared i would always sleep for work so i just went i stayed up and like drank two espressos and just went to work the next day i know you were shitting (laughs) um no well yeah probably (laughs) probably speaking of shitting uh the people want to know like tell us first of all like quarantine how that's been for you but also, like, how is queer dating in Baltimore? Like, how's oh. the scene? How big is it? Like, I want to hear about both of those things. I think the scene is, I mean, well, quarantine has definitely changed the scene um, a lot. The The queer dating scene is, it's, it is what it is. It's just like any other city. Um, you have some good guys in the scene and you have some fuck boys in the scene and you know it's just so it's a constant like dealing of like oh my god this guy has fuck boy energy but i really do need some dick (laughs) (laughs) so am i gonna put up with his bullshit and his fuck boy antics just so i can get like 30 minutes of dick 30 minutes is so generous yeah it is it's very generous i mean i'm generous but are they gonna be generous and if they're a fuck boy they're usually not generous they usually waste their time eat your food like literally I had before the quarantine, like we I've been quarantined since like first week of March. And uh the last week of February, I had like a fuck boy come hang out with me. And he was like, Oh, can I get a sandwich? <laughs> and what do you mean fuck boy? Do you mean like somebody you met on an app and it was like a random hookup or like what what it what were the circumstances? No, we were casual sex partners, but I would never make him my dude because he is a fuckboy. Well, so what does casual sex partners entail? I've heard people listen on the podcast and they tell me like they don't, you know, they've been in relationships for like 10 years or something and they have no idea what dating is and like they learn so much from my podcast. I mean, first of all, if you're learning from my podcast, you need help. I'm kidding. Uh, but, you know, what does casual partners mean? Like, is it once a week? Is it like every few weeks? Is it every few months? What is that? No, it's like... Probably, and then how does it go? Like, It's probably like once a week. Um, and, you know... And they text like they come over in the middle of the night or something? Or no. you guys hang out? Sometimes they'll be like, hey, what are you doing? I don't really do like the last minute. I'm not like a last minute, can I come over and fuck type of guy. Usually, I don't like that either. Yeah, usually I'm like lining it up. I'm like, hey, I'm going out tonight. Around one, do you want to meet up? Not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm very like thoughtful and intentional because because I'm not a fuck boy. I'm mindful of other people's time. Mm. <laughs> so to you, fuck boy means somebody who's not mindful or considerate of yes. other people's time. Yeah, and other people's space and other people's feelings and other people's, you know, like they're not mindful or intentional, but they're they're self-absorbed. Fuck boys are self-absorbed. Mm, and they're okay. not sensitive to the needs of others. Um, so they'll waste your time, they'll eat your food, they'll smoke your weed, they'll drink your liquor. And sometimes the dick is worth it. Don't get me wrong. 
There's a lot of trouble <laughs> the you know you put up with the bullshit because the dick is good. But sometimes it's like, dude, you cute, but you're not that cute for me to put. Be I know, yeah, exactly. Like you're not that cute for me to be putting up with your bullshit. Like you're not Tory Lanes. <laughs> Tory Lanes, he's five five. I mean, not to say short guys can't be cute, but he is. A, that's so funny. He is. That's so funny that that's the he, first. He's a little pocket cutie. He, you can put him in your pocket. A short king, a short king for sure. Yes, that's so funny. He's no Tory Lanez. I feel like his mom. Was so always, the guy asked you. Uh, I feel like saying? Tory Lanez's mom was always like, "My son is a king. My son's mm-hmm. gonna be a king." Mm-hmm, and I feel like mm-hmm. his mom also drives a Nissan Maxima when she said that. Oh, <laughs> not the Nissan Maxima. My 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 friend. She was, she hooked up with this guy first time ever, like, um, having hooked up with this one guy. And after they had sex, he's like, hey, I'm going to make some food. And she's like, okay, at her house, you know? And he, like, makes eggs at three in the morning after they have sex. And she's like, uh, what the fuck? Like, strange. He made made eggs at her house? Yeah, no, he's like, what do you have to eat? And she don't have anything to eat ever. So all she had was eggs, and he made himself eggs. Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> That's the thing, like, a sandwich is like, okay, you made yourself, like, you know, some, some turkey lunch meat, a little bit of cheese, a little bit of mustard. That's quick. But, like, if you turn it on the stove... <laughs> And melting butter. That's the line. Yeah, like that's the line. You pulling out my pots and pans at three o'clock in the morning and turning on my stove, melting butter and shit to get the eggs scrambled. That's a whole different. That's what I'm saying. Like that's why the fuck boys don't go in my kitchen because they get too overzealous. Mm. Like I had one come over. He was like, "Oh, you got leftover calamari in the refrigerator? Can I get that?" I was like, "Nigga," I was like, "I was like, sir, you're a grown adult. Like, why didn't you eat?" Like. Like, I don't understand. Like, cause like he'd be like, he was like, oh, I can't get that calamari. Yeah. I was like, I was gonna take it to work for real. Like, yeah, oh my God. Yeah, I was like, no, but I can't get well, first of all, we have to acknowledge that under your definition, if a fuckboy is somebody who's not conscious or mindful of other people, then and you were going to take calamari to work. To microwave in your work office microwave, there you are a fuck boy because that is t- awful. No, to microwave seafood in the fucking company microwave. No, pause. <laughs> I was not going to put it in the microwave. We have a full kitchen at the office, so I was actually going to reheat it in the oven. Okay, not as not as stinky. No, it wouldn't have stank because I would have wrapped it in the foil like a little foil mm-hmm. pouch. It wouldn't have stunk up the office. Mm-hmm. And I'm that guy. Mm-hmm. I can breeze the kitchen. Like, if I bring something that's smelly, because it's, it's motherfuckers who I work with, they be bringing broccoli and asparagus and shit. And, and, so, and then people... Broccoli like, and asparagus is fine, I think. But I feel like when someone microwaves fish in the... Like, I had a coworker who microwaves fish. I also don't like fish, so whatever. But I was like... But damn, like for like six minutes in the microwave every fucking day, kill me. But anyway, okay, so that's what that's what dating you know dating is in in Baltimore. People being overly familiar. How's comedy in Baltimore? How's the comedy scene? Um, well, we're going through some shit with our theater at the moment, our improv theater. Um, mm-hmm. Also, we've been closed since the pandemic, but um, there's been a lot of like online Zoom improv. Um, mm-hmm. How do you feel about it? Um, I mean, it is what it is. I'm not like, 
I mean, I'm waiting for physical spaces to reopen. No. Like, I'm only doing the online stuff as an alternative to not being able to perform in person. But I think, um, I think there's some people who love it. I'm not one of the ones who, like, loves, like, doing a Zoom improv set. Some I, There's some people who, like, love that shit. I'm like, oh, y'all like this shit? I don't even know if I've seen... I've done it, like, maybe once or twice, but... Even a Zoom stand-up set is, like... But, like, it's better than nothing. But stand... I can't imagine Zoom improv. That must be rough. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, what's going on with your theater? Um, what and you don't the, have to name names or anything. Oh, I, I should like, name names. I hey. can be, I'll be that messy. I'll be that messy broad. No, um, no. Um, so our theater is going through some growing pains. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some allegations of racism from some staff members. Uh, our leadership at the leadership level, the executive level of our theater, um, and our managing director was dismissed. Uh, mm. due to being combative. Uh, it's weird. He was dismissed because of what he did on... Uh, so, an abbreviated version, one of our... Uh, one of the performers of the theater wrote a lengthy Facebook post and described their experiences with racism at our theater, um, Baltimore Improv Group. And... Mm-hmm. Um, they mentioned like I had this experience with our managing director, and the ma- now she did not tag in the post. She did not tag mm. the managing director, but our managing director saw it, and, and he commented and was like, "Hey, I'm the managing director you're talking about." And then yeah, the snitch tagged himself. Yeah, and then the person who wrote the post was like, "Oh, I'll tag you. I was trying to keep it cute, but if you want to go there, I'll tag you." And then they got they got into it in the comments. The managing director was like going back and forth with like talking real greasy. The board saw it and like terminated him the next day. Like it was like a 12 hour turnaround. It's crazy because like not that race. So like right now we're in a moment where like racism is be you know, is being confronted similarly to like the Me Too movement, where it's like all these spaces are coming, you know, and all these people are coming out, like, this space was abusive to me and racist to me. And I know I've had those conversations, too. But it's just, like, honestly, I mean, even though it wouldn't have mattered that much, had that guy just say, hey, you know, I I fucked up. I realized that I wasn't responsible or whatever. I'm sorry. It would have been squashed. But it's, like, you know, it's like that inclination, that instinct to like fight. It's it's tough, and it's, I also understand like you don't want pe- you being racist to some people is like the worst thing you can be, and you don't want to be the worst thing you can be, and it sucks and it makes you feel bad because I've had people label even me that like you know of because you know whatever like misunderstandings or whatever, and it's so frustrating because you don't want to be grouped into these like hateful people, but you have to realize like that it's a spectrum. It's not like you're the racist or you're not. We're all born with racial biases. And if you're fighting, yeah, fighting against people is like not the way. Yeah. Um, it's, 
I also think we're at a point, and like, because you know, a lot of these, you know, it's not just my improv theater, and you know, there's people who talked about UCB on Twitter. There was mm-hmm. that post by, I don't know if I can name them. Well, they put it on Twitter. So, um, you know, there was, you know, the Keisha Zoller post on Twitter and the Dwayne mm-hmm. Perkins post about Second City on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's it's happening at UCB. It's happening at Second City. IO just shuttered their doors and they had, I mean, years of allegations of racism. And mm-hmm. Groundlings is they also just like released a, a story what on Monday in the Los Angeles Times about the Groundlings. Mm-hmm. And I think it all happened like people are at home, people are paying attention because we're in a pandemic. So people have a lot of time on their hands. And I think it happened like right on the heels of um, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and countless other people who are black who've been murdered by police and been victims of racism. Mm-hmm. And I think we're we're seeing a wave. And also, like, if we think about improv, like you and I both know, like, improv has always been dominated by like white men and mm-hmm. like improv had its moment in the late nineties, early two thousands where, and all the people who were excelling in improv, a lot of those, well, not everyone, but like a lot of those people, well, no, all of them were white and most of them were white men. And a lot of those white men who were in their late twenties back in the day are now over 40. And you know, it's it might be hard for them because they've never been told they can't do something. They've never been told to listen. And they're at a point we're at a point now where it's like you need to listen. Like and we're at a point where like a lot of our black performers are realizing that we're bigger than the institutions we might be a part of. Like, mm. so you can tell me I'm not good enough to perform at UCB or Second City or Annoyance or IO. But you can't tell me that I'm not a good improviser. You can't tell me that I'm not a good sketch comedian or stand-up comedian. I might not be your flavor, but I'm bigger than this institution. Exactly, yeah. And I feel like, um, yeah, it's like there's nothing inherent about comedy in in its art form that is white. Like, it's just an art form. It's just a formula. It's just this. It's just that. Like anybody can take those formulas and use it to and apply it with their cultural specifics and all that stuff. But like it's been monopolized by this community. And again, like it's, it's so, so crazy, crazy because the, the big, big principle, principle of improv is listening. And these guys are not listening. They're literally so not listening. <laughs> yeah. So. They're learning, like, yeah, I really like what you said about, like, these people are bigger than these institutions, and we all are. Speaking of bigger, we have uh, some... So, yeah, I don't know. You have any questions for me? I don't know. Yes. Before what, we move on. How, how has quarantine been treating you as Millie the single person? How has quarantine been treating you as Millie the artist? Oh, man. So, oh, Millie... Quarantine has, has been rough. Like, I feel like last time we talked, like, we recorded back in April, was released in May. Like, my quarantine experience was so different. And now, like, I... I, um... was really going through it with my neighbors. I feel like I brought them up. And then I ended up moving, and I moved to a much nicer place. 
Oh, you uh, did. And that was yeah, yeah. Because last I time moved. you and I talked, you were looking for places. Yes, so I I got you know I got a really nice apartment, and I and like I have a balcony now, and a rooftop, and it's just and an elevator. Like it's a really cool. I'm so happy here, Which and I can't believe. Which neighborhood are you in now? Are you still in Brooklyn? Or are you in? Yeah, I'm still in Brooklyn. Um, I'm in like Bushwick area, Bushwick Bedside area. Bushwick. <laughs> Bushwick. Yeah. So, and I came from Williamsburg, and like Williamsburg, you know, it was just like. The place was the location was popping, but the um the location was popping, but like that's not what we need right now. Like it doesn't matter where the location is, you're fucking in your house all day. So you might as well get a nicer house. Uh so that so then moving was stressful and all that. And then amidst that, like, you know, I was talking to a lot of guys, getting to know different people. Uh, being kind of nervous about meeting in person. And then, you know, just somebody from my past kept reaching out, reaching out, saying that they'll change, saying that they're not going to, like, do their fuckboy shit anymore. And just hitting me up with consistency that I thought it was, like, so then we, like, met up. And we, you know, we hooked up, and it was, like, okay, it wasn't that great. Uh, it was just, a, I think I went viral because I was like, forgive me for breaking quarantine, uh, but I had sex with my ex and it's just okay. It was just okay. Like it wasn't all that, but then, and then like, he like was acting dumb again. And I'm like, damn dog, like, why you gotta be dumb? Like, if you're going to act like this, I wouldn't have fucking met up with you. Yeah. Um, so that was frustrating. Um, like, but overall, you know, I mean, there's some lonely, lonely moments. And I guess like the first time we had hooked up, like, it was very overwhelming for me of like to go from not having hooked up with anybody for six months, not having like touched anybody or any, you know, like, like in that way for months to go to this guy who like, and I think there's just a disconnect on like what we wanted like i think he was just like i'm gonna rip your clothes off kind of you know not in like a rapey way but just like he was much more aggressive than i was just like i just want someone to hug and t-, you know what i mean yeah so you just want to be held i just wanted to be held like i didn't wasn't held in so long and then this guy was just so i was like oh it was not good and then he was like an ass um but i went on a date last night and it was really good <laughs> as i <coughs> <laughs> as i cough into the mic that's how i have covid and you know what fine no kidding no um covid's not a joke uh it's but yeah like it's not a joke white people it's not a joke white people as we talk but yeah like so you know i, I like a really nice day last night because i guess like me talking to somebody from my past was like fear of like out of fear of i don't know what the future is gonna hold so I already kind of know the past and I know how it disappoints me. So I figure it won't disappoint me again. But ultimately it did disappoint me and it disappointed me in a way where I'm like, I should have learned better. Where in like, now I'm giving, you know, I'm like giving somebody else a chance and we'll see how that goes and we'll see how he disappoints me because that's how it goes. Exactly. I don't know. It's been really fun. And then as an artist, it's been really interesting to see like, there was a time where I just really focused on 
doing live shows, live performances, obviously this podcast too, but yeah, focusing on in-person stuff. And then the quarantine happened and it was just kind of like, in-person shit's not happening. So I kind of felt like kind of stifled. And then, yeah, I just had a situation where somebody online, like who was really mean to me and like, I feel like it was racially motivated, uh, you know, just belittled me in private. We were supposed to be collaborators on something and she treated me like an assistant. And then like years later, you know, now like with the George Floyd protest, she goes on Twitter with all this reckoning, like you're saying, like with Dwayne Perkins and other people talking about comedy institutions that were racist to them. This woman like went on a tirade about like white people need to do better, this and this and that. And then um, I got really upset. That really upset me. And I, I retweeted her and I was just like, you're a hypocrite. Like, you did this, this, and that to me, and it wasn't cool. And then that tweet went viral, and then just shit started getting really crazy for me. And like all these people were DMing me, like, I, I, I agree with you. And I'm just like, why are you DMing me privately? Like, why'd you have to wait for me to say something? You know, like, yeah. if this backfired, you would have like quietly, you know what I mean? You would have watched me burn, but because it didn't, you know, the and the comedy community really like reached out and was really nice so yeah but um it's just been really crazy so that was really crazy uh and like other like cool things in my career happened so like in turn so it's just this different way and i'm hoping it works out in the in the long term of like actual careers and stuff and i just hope that like i do see a shift in people like focusing and noticing and acknowledging people of color in art and comedy but i just hope it actually like leads to something substantial where people are working and like people are being able to create and do stuff not just like be some fucking like diversity checkbox that you're reaching out to you know yeah and that's the thing like our theater has been having a lot of listening sessions (laughs) um on Zoom, and they had like an all black performers listening session. They had a queer trans listening session. They had the Asian performers listening session is actually was actually earlier tonight. And it's like, listen, we've told leadership what the issues are. I don't need to be like on another Zoom call talking about it. Like, just fucking fix it and don't be racist. Yeah, it's so like traumatizing to like do all this shit again mm-hmm. so um but anyways the fuck boys the fuck boys be killing it in 2020 this is like the year of the fuck boy because they're, they're probably all getting hit up oh yeah i've had people like from my past like yo you fucking ghosted me like three years ago what the fuck dude oh yeah a guy who ghosted me on oh my gosh so is this the trash dick confession? This is a trash dick confession. Yeah, so I can talk about this trash dick confession. I'm not the 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 the, the trashy dick in this scenario, though. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been a. Tra- I'm sure I'm a human, so I'm sure at times I've been a trashy dick because I'm a guy, and that's my mm-hmm. disposition. We're wired to be trash, 
we have to unlearn our trashiness. <laughs> I mean, you're social. I wouldn't say wired. I would say socialized to be trash. Socialized. That's what I mean. Yeah, not wired. We're not inherently like that. But um, this guy I had been talking to, like, at the beginning of the year, uh, at the beginning of 2020, when shit was looking optimistic, it was a new decade, the mm-hmm. world was our oyster. <laughs> I was young, gifted, yeah. and black. And I was, you know, I had been talking to this guy, going out on dates. We met on Tinder. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, we're actually hanging out. We're actually going out on dates. He's, like, nice and healthy. And he, you know, he looks like he has good credit, even though I haven't run his credit report for him. Girl. He he, he looks like a decent human being on the outset. And then, um, you know, we hung out all of January, like, from, like, January 5th. To like the end, of, like once a week from like January fifth, mm-hmm. and we, I was like, you know, trying to be, trying to do it differently than I had done it before with guys. So mm-hmm. he was like, "So are we gonna hook up?" I was like, "No, nah, I'm really trying to wait till you know, you know, like date four or five to, for you to get these draws." Mm. And so we finally like hook up on the fifth date. And then now we're at this point, we're like in February because we've been hanging out since like early January. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, he texts me. He texts me. This is the highlight, y'all. Put this highlight that part. He texted me on February like 3rd or 4th. And it's like, oh my God, Valentine's Day is coming up. Now, I've dated a lot of guys. I'm in my 30s, but I've never like been with a guy on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And over the year, and I don't know, I'm sure there's single people out there who can relate to this. Like, I've relegated myself to the fact that, because there was a point, like, you know, I'm I'm 35 now. I'll be 36 in August. But there was a point, like, in my 20s, I was always, like, agonizing over Valentine's Day and, like, sad and shit. And then, like, right around 27, 28, I was like, fuck that. I don't need no man to make me feel good on Valentine's Day. I'm going to just mm-hmm. treat myself well, do whatever I want to do on Valentine's Day. So I've already, you know, I've gotten accustomed to like being my own best friend, loving myself unconditionally on that day. Mm-hmm. Like taking myself out to an expensive restaurant, drinking top shelf liquor at the bar. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll meet a man. Maybe he'll take off his wedding ring. Maybe. So did he like, girl, stop. <laughs> did he, I cannot even, you, this is how, this is not a tragic story on your behalf because it's sounding. No. So basically did he set up like that y'all were gonna do something on Valentine's day and then bitch out? Well, no, this is what happened. He texts me and he's like, oh, we should do an anti Valentine's day. So I said, well, That's look, stupid. I don't want to do anything on the actual Valentine's Day, because if we do, if that's with a guy, then that's going to mean something. Yeah. And I said, why don't we just do something on February 15th or February 13th, but not February 14th, if you want to do an anti-Valentine's Day. And then he's like, OK, let's just do a Valentine's Day. I say, are you sure we can totally do something any other night? But if we do something on Valentine's Day, like, I want that to be, like, a thing. That's going to mean something to me. Mm -hmm. And this is where we get to the part and what people need to understand about, like, making sure your needs are made clear to whoever you're with. So that way there's Mm -hmm. not incomplete conversation. So I made it clear. If we do something on Valentine's Day that's in any way romantic, that means something to me. Mm-hmm. Even if it doesn't mean nothing to you, it means something to me. 
So if it's mm-hmm. not going to mean something to you, let's do it the day after or the day before. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, let's make it romantic. So I get to his house. So we fast forward to Valentine's Day. It's a Friday. Valentine's Day 2020 was a Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, I like left work early, went out, bought like a new sweater because I was like, I want to look Aww. good. Like I, I, I like, oh, I like you know, went and got a fresh fade, got a fresh yeah. you know fresh cut, new outfit. I had like got like new shoes, everything. Like I like wanted to like have a good Valentine's Day, and I get to his house and he's fucking stumped. No. Also, like we had made a plan to go out to dinner. Like the we had a dinner plans at eight. So I get to his house like at seven thirty. And also I skipped lunch at work because I knew we were going out to like a restaurant with like multiple courses for dinner. So I haven't eaten since like 10 a.m. <laughs> like because Aww. I was in anticipation of like going out to like a multiple course meal. So he's high, like he's too high, he can't even talk properly, or uh, I get to his house and he's like, Oh, come sit down for a second. So like 20 minutes goes by, and I'm like, Okay, so are we gonna go? And he's like, Oh, let me just sit here. I'm really high right now. I was like, Okay. Oh so no. I wait, I go to the bathroom in his house and then come back 10 minutes. And sit down for 10 more minutes. And I'm like, okay, so what's the deal? He's like, I'm kind of high right now. I said, okay, cool. I'm going to go to the restaurant by myself. He's like, whoa, no, 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 no. Don't leave me. I was like, but I told you I'm hungry. And I get hangry. I get an attitude if I'm hungry. Yeah, I mean, yeah, me too. So I was like, look, if you don't want to go to the restaurant, that's cool. But I'm going to the restaurant because I made the reservation. So I'm going to go eat. He's like, you're going to eat alone? I was like, I've been eating alone. <laughs> this, this oh, been- God. T- the Tyler Perry of it all, the monologue. Yeah, I was like... I've been eating alone my whole life. All my life, I had to eat at a Greek restaurant on Valentine's Day alone. Aww. So I get up what did to he leave. Say? And then he's like, oh, no, wait, I'll go. I'll go. So he comes to the restaurant. And after it's clear, like, I can have fun without you. He's like, okay, wait, no, I'll go with you. We go. To, we get to the Greek restaurant, um, and it's a beautiful restaurant. And I look good. Mm-hmm. And I smell good. I had on Burberry cologne. Mm-hmm. Uh, I smelled delicious. I smelled fuckable. And <laughs> he's so high, he doesn't even order. So I get up and go to the bathroom at the restaurant, come back, and then he's like, "I don't know what I want." I said, "Well, I'm ordering shit." At this point, it's eight forty-five. We got to the restaurant at eight fifteen. So that means we've been sitting there 30 minutes and I haven't ordered yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm hungry. I haven't eaten since 10 a.m. So I order. He gets up and goes to the bathroom, comes back. He's like, you order without me? I said, nigga, I told you I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, like, we eat, we drink. He finally orders after I'm almost done with my food. So I have to wait for him to eat at this point. Because uh, he ordered right as I was almost done eating. Then we go back to his place. And then it was the most awkward, disgusting hookup ever. And I like, I got a rash because he has a cat. And I got cat dander all over my arm. So I left with like, I'm allergic to his cat. So my arms are, I leave his house because it was like the most awkward sex. Because he's too stoned to fuck. And he's trying to like kiss me and I'm like just forget it bro I don't want to hook up like you're not able to like function it's like not sexy and 
yeah, I was like, also, you're high. I don't want to, like, fuck while you're, like, you know, like, super stone. It's, like, weird to mm-hmm. me and inappropriate to me. Um, also, like, you're all sloppy and, like, annoying right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you're, you're getting on my nerves also. Mm-hmm. So I, like, leave with a rash on both of my arms from this fucking cat. And also at the restaurant, he spilled wine on me. On my new sweater. No, on your new sweater. Yes. So what happened after? I like got dressed and went home and then didn't talk to him for two weeks. And then he was like, he he had been texting and I was just like ignoring. I was like, I'm going to ghost this guy. Even though I hate when it happens to me, I'm going to ghost him. And then he's like, what? he saw me out in public. He came to a show, one of my shows, and was like, what happened? I was like... You were a fuckboy on Valentine's Day and you ruined Valentine's mm. Day. And I could have like just been my own best friend by myself. I could have still did everything I did, like bought the new outfit and everything and still taken myself out and just had a good night by myself. Cause I had went to like the nail salon. I got like a manicure. Mm. I got a haircut. You know, like I did it. Like I was really like loving myself that day. And mm. then I was like, and I told you like, if you didn't want to do and I, what I think happened is I think he I think he had second thoughts about it being a Valentine's Day thing because it's like you and I are dating and if we go out on Valentine's Day, like that's a thing, right? It's like Yeah, but it's like I don't know, yeah. And I think what happened was he committed to it and didn't know how to get out of it. So I think he sabotaged it by being like high as fuck when I showed up. And it's like, and so I told him, I was like, look, if you didn't want to do it, you should have just like I, I was like, I feel like you sabotaged it. And you didn't know how to just say, I don't want to do this anymore. You know? But then, yeah, then you can't be upset. But then he knows that if he says he doesn't want to do it anymore, then you're going to be like, okay, well, I don't know if I want to do this with you anymore. And that's your right. That's the thing. It's like, if you're just honest, like, you have to deal with the consequences. And that's fine. Like, you're going to find somebody who's going to be on the same wavelength as you. But you can't, like, <clears throat> skirt around you know not talking about shit yeah you can't play with people's feelings and emotions like and you can't like be dishonest with yourself because it's like yeah i was like annoyed when i left because i like i had to go i like also like i left with the rash from his cat on both of my arms so i had to like stop in the uber i had to tell an uber to stop i was like can you stop at this cvs so i can get some benadryl <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, that's so nice of the Uber. Yeah, I was like, can you stop real quick? I got like this nasty rash from my arms. He's like, yeah, brother, you good. So I like run in and get Benadryl. Uh, I run in and get Benadryl. And then like the food, by the way, was terrible at the restaurant. So I didn't finish it. So I like stopped and got chicken. I was like, I could have did all this by my damn self without the rash and the just, yeah. like, the, the annoying hookup. I could have just like yeah. treated myself well, got some chicken um, and some rosé. <laughs> yeah so um well that is a tragic confession and again like you're saying that to, to reiterate your point he was a fuck boy because he wasn't mindful or conscious of your needs or your wants and that's fucked up so yeah. that's like super, um super duper you know fucked up. uh that guy sucks so he is uh, a fuckboy, and I'm sorry, that is a terrible confession. Um, so then right before we get to our amazing interview with Chris Burns, 
I'm going to do Trash Dick of the Week, uh, which goes out to this week, Brian from Hinge, who DMs me or matches with me on Hinge. He likes my photo, matches with me, and then immediately sends me just trying to fuck. Ew. Uh, on Hinge? Nope. On Hinge. Hinge is not that site. Yeah, Hinge is not that girl. Hinge is not Hinge that girl. Hinge is not that girl. <laughs> I feel like Tinder shouldn't... I feel like it's not anything until you go there with that energy. I'll say that because people are like, how are you trying to find a boyfriend on Tinder? And it's like, I don't have to hook up with anybody just because I've been on, on an app. Like, you act like this is back page. Like, no one's entitled to me fucking... But I still understand that Tinder is whatever, hookup energy. But Hinge is not supposed to be hookup energy. But guys still are. And it's a fucking pandemic. So he just writes, just trying to fuck. And then I respond, is that a greeting? Or you just want to let me know? Do you want me to respond to that? I'm so confused. Then he writes back, just wanted to let you know, I don't want to waste your time. You deserve someone nice. So he sent that to me. On like a few days ago, and I didn't respond because I'm like, yeah, I don't want to just fuck. It's I never want to just fuck because it's not going to be good, and I definitely don't want to just fuck during a fucking pandemic. So then I don't respond. So I think that's very clear. I'm like, I'm not interested. And then <laughs> three days later, or like probably like three four days later, he he DMs me again. Just here to have sex. What? What the fuck? And then I said, yeah, I gathered that. I'm not interested. Best of luck. And then he said, I doubt you'd be interested in me anyway. I'm oh, like, so now he's a victim. Okay. Now he's a victim. And I said, okay, so I swiped on you. So obviously I was. But once you told me you were only interested in sex before you were asking me any questions. Like, like even like saying, hello, how are you? He could have been like, hey, how are you? Blah, blah. Like, talk a little bit. Then be like, you just no game. So then, and then I said, yeah, once you told me, even before you asked any questions, and then he wrote me back. This is what he said. I like anime and comic books and stuff. I'm a web developer. Is that the type you normally go for? And I said, you told me several times you just want to fuck. Now you want me to get to know you? You seem confused. And then he wrote, sorry, that was meant for someone else. Have a good one. What the fuck? How is that meant for someone else? How do you... You're on fucking hinge, sir. It's not a text. Like, dude, this is why, like, yo, men will be the... De- like, men will cause the planet to implode with their stupidity. Like, and I'm a man, so I can say that. We are going... Like, stupidity and sensitivity, dog. Like, what the fuck? We treat like men treat people like shit and then get pissed off when we don't cater to the needs. And the people you treat like shit don't like meet your needs and like kiss you on the forehead. It's like, sir, you reach out, you say, I'm just trying to fuck before you're like, hi, my name is so and so. I like ice hey, cream. Hey, what's up? How are you doing? How's your day? Like something. Or like even ask, like, hey, my name is so and so. So what are you looking for on this app? The- I even don't like that, but I will respect that more than just. Just trying to fuck. I like what are you looking for in this app because there's some. It means they're somewhat mindful. Because then I can say I'm looking to go on dates. I'm looking for romance, and then they'll say, "Oh, I'm just looking to get some dick." Okay, cool. We want different things. No need to waste each other's time. 
Sure. But for me, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, what I'm looking for depends on the person. You know what I mean? There's sometimes I meet and there's not a vibe, but I'll still smack. You know what I mean? But there's just this base level of respect of like, I'm going to get to know you and it might not work out in the long run because I feel like some guys interpret like wanting a relationship or wanting dates with like, I will latch on to anybody that even says hi to me or shows me the a modicum of respect. And that's not what it is. It's like, I'm ultimately looking for that. I don't know if I want that with you, Chad, but that's what I'm looking for. Um, but either way, yeah, just greeting and saying that. But usually when guys ask that, they want dick. Yeah. I but, mean, or pussy, sorry. Or both. Or both. Or both. So anyway, Brian has trash dick of the week. Brashid says, we've established fuckboys are people who are not mindful or conscientious of people's time. And... What else is there to say? And quarantine's rough on single people. And all dick is trash. Comedy theaters are trash. And racism is stupid. So, I'm so excited for our guest today. We have Fat Carrie Bradshaw, a.k.a. Chris Burns, on the fucking mix. I'm so excited. Stay tuned. We love you. Thank you for helping me out, Rashid. I'll see you in a few weeks for the next episode. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody, welcome to the All Dick is Trash podcast. I'm here. I'm super excited to bring Albany's own. 
Christopher Burns, aka Fat Carrie Bradshaw, on Twitter and on Instagram. Yes. Hey, bitch. Welcome. Wow, Albany's own. Thank you. Oh, no one else can claim it. Chris, I'm just going to go through your bio real quick. Um, Where'd you get this bio from? Exactly. So this is a bio. This is what we do for, you know, if you've listened to any other Alticastro. <laughs> I know you have listened to every, all of the Alticastro. Yeah, I've listened to all of it. I binged the shit out of it. <laughs> just like I've listened to everyone who's, everyone's gay. Um, Which was canceled in November. What? <laughs> so how are you enjoying those new episodes? <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to my new podcast, Middle Children. Okay, I, you know, we'll talk later. <laughs> but hit me with this bio. From Albany, New York. Moved in with your uncle after college to pursue comedy after a week of improv classes. Co-host of Middle Children, The Bachelor, The Taylor Strecker Show, and formerly question mark, but now it's confirmed everybody's gay podcast. <laughs> Betches content queen with a K, creator of Sitters and Straight Marriage and multiple Real Housewife musical reviews, drag performer Fat Carrie, your almost on American Idol. <laughs> what? Where did you find this? You walk two miles to the Kmart for the latest Donna Summer album. That's <laughs> true. Hold out. <laughs> and you're open to be booked for crying at people's weddings. Yes. Um, and you're in a Karen Walker stand. Where did you get this from? <laughs> uh, you know, it's just due when me and Candy put ourselves together, we do due diligence. <laughs> so how was that was that pretty good that was pretty good um i'm trying to think of anything that you got wrong i don't think anything was wrong i was not sure if you walked two miles or one mile to the nearest kmart it was chill <laughs> and i was like 13 i had seen remember when donna summer guest starred on um family matters as cousin Luna from Altoona, and she sexual team. You like remember that, like as if I was there. Well, I w- I like didn't know who Donna Summer was, but then she was on the show, and she was supposed to be like their loser cousin. But then somebody needed to sing at the talent show to win money, and all of a sudden she became beautiful, and she took her hair down, and what then was this Family Matters. Jesus Christ. And so then she sang Last Dance, and I was like, oh my God, who is this woman? And so then the next day, I walked to Kmart to get a Donna Summer's Greatest Hits album. And they were like, we don't sell that, but we have Jessica Simpson. So I got that. We have Jessica Simpson. I thought also, I also thought that you, um, you also just bought candy at that time. I probably bought candy also. <laughs> I'm sure I did. At the time, it was, remember when they would make, like, Reese's Bites and Kit Kat Bites? Those little, like, round balls? I'm like, Kit Kat. Oh, like the BB, like the Butterfinger BBs? Yeah. I love Butterfinger BBs. If they were divine. Vanilla ice cream? Oof, go off. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Some bunch of crunch with some vanilla ice cream? Forgot it. Oh, you know what? Uh, my Argentinian friend taught me uh, Cocoa Puffs with vanilla ice cream. I mean, anything with vanilla ice cream at this point. I mean, no, vanilla ice cream is like, but with shit on it. 
It's good. Yeah, I mean, vanilla ice cream by itself is absolutely disgusting. I would never. <laughs> exactly, but... What, am I on a diet eating vanilla ice cream? <laughs> I'm going to tweet that. That's good. No, God! <laughs> the content machine is here. I forgot we enjoyed my Mrs. Content. Um, okay, well, Chris... Thank you for thank you so much for joining us. We can get into our interview portion now that I know that your bio's accurate. Yes, very good. <laughs> so, yes, you're on the All Dick is Trash podcast. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to hear, you know, first of all, how much do we owe you for being the ADIT brand ambassador? Because you had the goddamn shot. <laughs> You've had my All Dick is Trash shirt for two years. <laughs> Listen, bitch. Okay, this is the T on the All Dick is Trash t-shirt. That is a size large, okay? Mind you, I wear... Uh, it's a large woman's t-shirt. No, I wear a 2X... Depends, but whatever. I wear a 2XL in men's on a good day. And that's with, like, doing arm stretches in the shirt first. <laughs> so I wore this shirt once at a show... One time, and then I beautifully folded it, and it is currently resting beautifully in my dresser. That's true. Do you want me to break a pandemic, a government order to go get it? The, the show that you borrowed the shirt from was fully two years ago, is the thing. But I just wanted to remember you, bye. But you know what? It's fine. You just got to let me know how, how much we have to pay you for SpawnCon. Apparently, you're never giving that shirt back. Uh, $1,500 for a photo. <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> Damn, that, and that's the friend discount. Damn, what about UCB? We went to UCB together. What about it? <laughs> <laughs> um, other tea... Um, you know that UCB bad memory box Facebook group? I even hate that. If anybody knows what you're talking, what we're talking about, this is so embarrassing for you. Um, but there's, <laughs> there's this UCB like, because UCB is like quote unquote closing, which I don't think they are, but they're like shutting down theaters and shit. So then all these people put up like all the good memories about UCB, and then oh, somebody made a bad memories one. I didn't know that. Oh, really? Because this is what I was going to say. They made a bad memories one. And then all these people posted like dumb shit that I posted just like all the ways that UCB slided me. And like, Amen. yeah, exactly. They slided. And then Same. after that, somebody posted another thing that was like, who are the people that UCB like completely missed out on? And like, f and then everyone, like three people named you and like got a whole bunch of likes. So that's what I was wondering. Like, uh, how, how, if you saw that. I did know about that. I didn't realize it was in the bad memories group. But <laughs> but um, a couple of people did send me screenshots. So I appreciate that very much. And somebody texted me the day that everybody was posting, like, they're sad, like, oh, UCB's closing, blah, blah, blah. And somebody texted me, was like, I just picture you, like, drinking champagne and lighting a cigarette on the ashes of <laughs> it's just like i don't even like i don't know about you but like i don't even care that much to even like light a cigarette for it exactly but, i'm not wasting my lighter on it <laughs> also too i don't think it's closing i feel like it's just gonna open some other way and then uh, the same people who are like me 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 are gonna go back 
Yeah. I mean, I feel sorry for the people that like truly live and love improv and that's like their like favorite thing in the whole world because there's not, I guess, a lot of places to like do that, but that's not the case for me. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, you don't love improv, Chris. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm going on an improv tour. <laughs> Listen, I've been on some. So, uh, <laughs> Chris, you're on the All Dick is Trash podcast. You are a brand ambassador. But I want to ask you, um, do you think All Dick is Trash? You, yeah. you don't have to say no, but you, you know. Yeah, I do think All Dick is Trash why how did you how did you get there um one's never done anything good for me uh <laughs> of course i'm taking myself out of this equation although if you talk to other people you know i'm sure i would be included in that um but i you know i don't like date that much mm. um at least anymore <laughs> oh. but I've had my fair share. Like, I've tried, like, grinder hookups, uh, I think, like, three times I tried. Oh, really? How did that go? It was... Okay, so the one time, the man, like, answered the door with his penis in his hand already. (laughs) (laughs) And he was wearing, like, gym shorts and he had a cock ring on. Wait, so... And I was like... But, like, bare dick was out? Yes. Yes. When he opened the door. Like he was, it was like he was like getting it, getting it juiced up, <laughs> and I was like, "Can I take my coat off?" Like, <laughs> you know, literally, I was like, "Ah, uh, okay." And he was watching House of Cards, and I was like, "Is this gonna play the whole time?" Oh my god! Um, I fuck, I once got fingered uh, to the movie Watchmen, so and I didn't know what it was. So the whole time, I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> yeah i didn't watch house of cards either so i was like is this house of cards <laughs> like, is this x-men he's like no and then we start making out and like then i'm like okay no is it avengers and then he's like no and i'm like fantastic Four. <laughs> he's just going through all of marvel movies I'm just, um no no yeah but he had a massive rubber duck collection terrifying where did he live in the East Village. He was also, like, older. Was this the one you sucked his dick for 30 seconds? That was a different one. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one. The one that was um, maybe 10 seconds. And I was like, I can't be here all night. <laughs> you sucked his dick for 10 seconds and you're like, never mind. He told me, he was like, you could be a model. That was the one that told me I could be a model. And I was like, thank you. And he's like, plus size, but still. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, thank you. I never thought you didn't mean plus size. <laughs> uh, it was he did that was from Grinder too? Yes. And then did you did you have sex with the guy? Um the I, I blew him too. Well, because I blew him and then I found the duck collection. <laughs> you because he told me he like finished and then he was like, if you need to finish, you can go in the bathroom. <laughs> and I was like, um, Wait, so you finished him, and then he's like, if you want to finish yourself, you can go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I went in, and there was 40 ducks staring at me. And I was like, uh, I'm just going to go. 
Uh, and then literally the next day, I was on the phone with my mom walking through Union Square, and he was on a date at like a fancy restaurant in Union Square, sitting outside in a suit. Uh, with a man? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't sure. He also had a cockeye, so. Oh, he was like cockeyed? Yeah, it wasn't my best um, <laughs> moment. <laughs> oh my God, dude, what? There's so many <laughs> things. There was a uh, man. That's crazy. With the dick all out before you even walked in the door. Yeah. And then, of course, famously, there was the two times of like to the two guys I was really into. And this happened years apart. Um, but the first time we were at a bar and we were drunk and I was like, I'm going to go get us another round. And I went to the bar. And then when I turned around, he was making out with a stranger with a backpack on. You know what, Chris? Honestly, that's happened to me. <laughs> and I, well, I punched him in the head, and that I regret. Wait, what did you punch? The guy in the backpack or the guy who made out with someone else? The guy who made out with someone else while he was still making out. <laughs> what is. You're just so pissed. I would be pissed if I spent like $30 or something on drinks and then you're making out with someone. I didn't even spend any money, and this guy made out with somebody else. Um, while we were, while we were both at the bar, like we were at a bar, we went to, we got there together. We had been talking for a while then we got to the bar together and then he, um, he's like, I'm going to go get a drink and then starts making out with this girl. And yes, they what? were comedy. <laughs> and then oh. I went to him and I was like, yo, what the fuck? What the fuck? And then he's like, what? What's wrong? I love when people say what's wrong when you know what's wrong. Like, don't ask me the question if you don't want the answer, which is going to be me crying hysterically. <laughs> oh, my God. And then the same thing happened again years later with someone else. <laughs> Yo, seriously? Like, I feel it. Um, and then I actually had texted you about the second time because I was brokenhearted and I won't say people's names, but you said, I don't understand. He looks like an ear of corn. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I say that. I think I said that. I think I said plain bagel with no, <laughs> with no butter or cream cheese or jelly or anything. An untoasted plain bagel. An untoasted plain bagel. Like It's in the conference room. Like, you're hungry. You didn't eat breakfast. You're not happy about it. It's like the extra one they got in case people have allergies. <laughs> and it's, like, it's like at the bottom of the bag with all the other like everything bagel stuff on the bottom because everyone had took the good bit. <laughs> but every time when you pick it up to cut it, all the good stuff falls back off because it wasn't baked with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the guy that you were like upset about. And I was like, That's my type. <laughs> <laughs> famously my type is no personality um you know what i kind of agree like with me i i don't like a guy who's like too obnoxious or no be very quiet and shy yeah yeah that's and let me be the one and you think i'm like the funniest thing that's ever walked the face of the earth and when you meet my friends you're like oh my god you must just be laughing all the time <laughs> i love it yeah that's like that's my fucking favorite yeah, I mean, I haven't met it yet, but that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> I feel like you will find the boring gay man of your dreams with no rubber duckies. Oh, thank you. We'll see. But, um, okay. So, you said a, a few things. 
But what is your most trash dick experience? And it could be sexual. It could be any, like, kind of dating. I mean, making out with another guy while you're getting a drink is pretty bad. But you, oh. any, I know you got some good ones. I'm, I'm trying to... Oh, you know what? I think the worst was the the guy I punched in the head, like, before. The, that went on for, like, a couple of years. <laughs> um, well, like, like... uh we would hang out and then we wouldn't whatever but once we were arguing and i had said well this, there's actually a couple of times we were arguing that i was like looking back i'm like this was a a movie that i wish i hadn't been in um <laughs> but we were arguing and i was like i feel like if i wasn't fat none of these would be issues because we were like talking about why he wouldn't date me <laughs> and he was like yeah you're right <gasps> what an asshole and then we if you've ever been to metropolitan it's a gay bar in brooklyn and they have like this big back patio i can't i mean i can't claim myself as an unproblematic gay fave aspiring gay icon without having frequented the backyard <laughs> patio of the metropolitan bar honey <laughs> so then you know that the chairs are like plastic yard chairs <laughs> i shot and so shot a web series back there it was terrible at seven I, in the morning god bless i can't imagine i'm sure the neighbors were living um but we were arguing and i was making like such a good speech we were sitting in those chairs and i was like making such a good speech about how amazing i was and how dare he ever not want to be with me and then the two front legs of the chair snapped <laughs> and i fell and smashed my face on his knees <laughs> in the shallow hell oh man. <laughs> you know how many chairs have broken on me though it's truly not your fault but a lot oh my god the number of expensive things i've broken and just gotten up and pretended not to hear the sound is wild i i broke a chair at a nail salon i've broken a chair at a rehearsal <laughs> studio i broke this is the funny this is the most recent one i was in therapy <laughs> <laughs> and I was having a hard time and I went to like one side of the couch and I like popped myself down like really hard and was like already upset and then as I popped myself down the arm of the, the, the couch the couch like leg broke off snapped in half I fell on the floor the whole thing and then like I could feel that my therapist felt like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. This must be so hard for you. Like, like that whole thing. And then we had to spend, so then uh, we had to spend a whole other session talking about the time I broke a, the couch <laughs> in therapy. So and I'm like, used to it at this point. I'm like, just pull yourself up, pretend it didn't happen, and leave the room. Wait, oh my god, that guy said he, oh my god, what a dick. Um, but whatever. I also once in the basement of Triple Crown, which is this terrible bar, uh, and they used to have improv shows in the basement, and they had like benches. And once I sat on the bench, and it just completely flipped over backwards. So I like fell backwards with my feet up in the air. But I it was like late to the show, so I like snuck in and sat down, and then the whole thing just flipped, and my drink smashed on the ground. <laughs> slapstick comedy right there oh my God. See, Dan Levy don't got it Dan Levy do not got it 
Uh, <laughs> that face you just made. What looked just like Dan Levy? No, the, you just. That's what the people say. No, they just don't know any brunette gays. <laughs> I know. I'm like, it's one the first brunette gay guy on TV. I just look exactly like. Yeah, like not like real thin brunette, but is Dan Dan Levy's not even gay? He's like pan, right? Oh, I don't know. That was he the- seems gay to me. <laughs> <laughs> that was the whole like uh, storyline of um, Shit's Creek is that he fucking. You're telling me Dan Levy's been with a woman? In the show, they wrote it that way. I think he is. I don't know. Very interesting. <laughs> I have to watch. I haven't seen the show. Girl, really? Yeah, because I'm like, I'd be jealous. No, I mean, honestly, to me, I feel like if his dad wasn't who his dad was, it would have never got made. Oh, yeah, totally. And also, like, his acting isn't that good. Like, oh, thank you. He breaks in every scene. He's breaking all the time. And then everyone's like, no, that's just how he is. You just get used to it. And I'm like, he's breaking. Like, he's giggling in every scene. Like, even in things like... Like, come on, dude. Like, I don't know. Yeah, that's annoying. But, like, that's something... And, you know, I break in a lot of scenes, so I can't... Say, but I'm also, like, don't have a syndicated fucking 60... Yeah. Like, I break in scenes, but not on television. It's not live. Yeah, exactly. I mean, his shit ain't live either. That's the thing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> so, God. you know, It's like, supposedly you had written this, so why the fuck are you laughing at it? <laughs> I don't fucking know this shit, you know? I don't know. Anyway, I also, too, like, when you're recording, like, when you're acting in, like, TV shit, like, you would have, like, done the scene so many fucking times that it's not funny to you anymore. So Yeah, especially because he wrote it, too. Yeah, <laughs> like, I am like, how is this that funny that he can't say the line without laughing, like... Like, 150 times. I know, but, you know, that's just, that's just the jealousy, too, maybe... That's show business, baby. That's show business, bitch. Um, okay. I I feel weird calling you Chris. You know that? I like. Should I call you Fat Carrie? I don't know. What do you usually call me? Chris. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm like Chris. I don't, you can call me Carrie. That's what a lot of people do. Oh really? Yeah. Now I'm definitely. I mean, people don't have to say the fat every single time. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's so funny all these people are like yo i got i wrote you in a web series or i have a part for you and i'm like oh cool and then they're like yeah yeah it's like this fat slut uh, <laughs> <laughs> or like this annoying this annoying no lines <laughs> no lines this annoying maid like oh my God. You're like you're just the drunk fat girl that falls over at the bar and you know it's trying to fuck you yeah exactly and i'm like how much does it pay how much does it pay? $100 for 12 hours, I'm there. <laughs> you know, a non-union 100, eight weeks, baby. Twelve out, $100 for 12 hours in eight weeks. So, maybe <laughs> if you email enough times, you will get it in eight weeks. <laughs> I'm like, at this point, I've had to have not been paid by something. because. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, Chris... What are some? Has anyone said fat Chris? That's I would just punch. Um. Well, I was just gonna say I was once so excited because um, I had Getty images 
like I was at an event and Getty Images came out and then I looked at it and they had tagged me and all the pictures is Carrie Fatshaw and then <laughs> um, once this girl came up to me and was like oh my god I'm such a big fan and then turned to her boyfriend and she's like this is fat gay bitch and I was like that's not my name <laughs> that's like oh my god well yeah that's a whole other thing of like your fan base to me right and you can you can like correct me but i feel like your fan base is made up of women who maybe don't have a lot of queer people in their life i mean i think that's fair most of my dms are from like middle-aged women that live in the midwest and I live for it. Yeah. I feel like you told me one of them was like asked you um, if their husband was gay. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> she sent me like details of their marriage. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, if you, is he gay? If you're writing this. If you're writing this message to me, I'm going to go ahead and assume yes. <laughs> but check is like google history i don't know what to tell you oh my god yeah that's so funny what are some crazy dms you've gotten from fans um where's my phone (laughs) (laughs) just put the camera on your dick (laughs) oops um i don't know where my phone's at uh i've gotten I'm trying to think of anything like really crazy. So the thing that's crazy is when I don't answer and then people keep messaging and then we'll like start getting mad. <laughs> what like, cause like I won't look at it for a long time and then I'll look into my like, cause I like don't get a notification. It like goes to a different folder. And so I open the folder and then it'll be like eight messages. And it's like, really? Well, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I did get one actually. So the first message I ever got from this girl she was like, are you single and uh, based in the L.A. area? Like, I have a perfect guy to set you up with. Didn't think anything of it. And then, like, two months ago or something, I posted something about Trump. And she commented on the post being like, stop. Don't post political shit. Like, nobody likes you for your brain. Like, basically, it was like, just post funny shit. And I didn't think anything of it. And then... For my birthday, I posted about, like, uh, donations to Planned Parenthood, and she sent me a message and was like, enough is enough. It's finally time to unfollow. And I, like, saw her handle, and I was like, that's the same girl that came at me about the Trump shit. And then when I opened the thing, she was also the girl that was like, do you live in L.A. and are single? I want to set you up with someone. Dude! And I was like, was it a woman? Because she also would comment on things and be like, hashtag only two genders, hashtag um, like marriages between a man and a woman, like things like that. So I'm like, what the fuck? How did you get here? Like to follow me? <laughs> I was like, how did you, what were you expecting if like Fat Carrie Bradshaw, you know? Uh, yeah, like I'm like, I'm not your type, I think. <laughs> And then first of all, like, do you live in the L.A. area? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, do you live in the L.A. area? <laughs> and th- Judging by these thought processes, I'm going to say no. Well, you'd be surprised. But well, I know. Like, at this point, if you're, like, getting rowdy for people donating to Planned Parenthood, like, come on. Yeah. M- like, 
whatever. So I blocked her. Um, okay. So, Chris, what are some uh, red flags that you've chosen uh, to ignore in the past? Oh, I'll ignore them all, babe. I <laughs> will be driving down the freeway and they're popping up left and right. And I'm like, keep your eyes on the road. What is like, the one that you're like, oh, I should have really considered this? Um, if people talk in the first conversation about their therapist and too heavily about their therapist and how like their therapist refused to keep seeing them, that's happened a couple times. <laughs> um, or if somebody tells me that they like audition for TV shows that I know that they didn't. <laughs> Like any like major blatant lies, I would say are red flags that I'm like, I know this is a lie, but I'm going to continue having this conversation because I'm lonely. Oh, but wait, people lie about auditioning. Auditioning is so degrading. Like you truly do not need to lie about it. You can probably get it. And like, <laughs> is there anything more degrading than a self tape? <laughs> I feel like oh. self tapes are worse than like going in person like yes you're in your place but you don't even know if they open the file and they're asking no self-tapes are the most degrading shit in the world they're like take up all this memory in your phone and do a 360 spin like oh my god like stressful but yeah like why even lie about an audition like and then when people give you notes on the self-tape i'm like it's been taped <laughs> Like, wh I'm not doing it again. You want me to hang a sheet from the wall again? <laughs> like, give me, or, like, can you, like, get a different background? I'm like, no, that's my house. <laughs> like, It's like, uh, yeah, maybe if you fucking pay me, then I can afford something a little bit better, asshole. Yeah, and it's, like, for $50. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> For like, and then you're. That's also my shit. If somebody's like, "Oh, I have this web series. I have this role for you. Can you come for this audition?" Yeah, I, I, like, I'm nobody, but I'm, I'm not. I won't audition for a web series. No, like, if somebody's like, "I wrote this role for you. Come audition," and it's like an unpaid web series, I'm like, absolutely not. No, like, hell no. And like, if it's for anything else, yeah. Getting like, I started getting pissy about unpaid web series of like. First of all, I'm not auditioning. That's an absolute no. But second of all, I'm also like, I'll do your fucking web series, but you're not gonna have me there all day if I don't have any line. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm not just gonna be there like on hold for fucking eight hours. Like, I have to like if if my shit is one line, I'm there for the one line and I'm dipping. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. But I even kind of went like, hey, guys, I'm not staying for... They're like, no, you're you're in all the scenes. You just don't have any lines. I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, and it's like, no, then I don't want to do this. <laughs> like, I don't want to be your an extra. Yeah, I know, exactly. Annoying. So so you're saying flat-out liars, people who bring up their therapist to, uh, too much, which is a.k.a. Chris Gethard fans. And... <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of other things. Um, oh, this is like sounds horrible. But once this guy was like, I'm not drinking tonight. And I was like, uh, he's like, I took, <laughs> I had to take pain pills. And I was like, oh, what did you take? And he was like, Tylenol. Okay. And I was like, um, I literally am on something other than Tylenol at all times. 
<laughs> oh, so that's a red flag for him or for you? Because I feel like that. I'm sure it's a red flag for him, but for me, I know it's going to be a red flag for him. So then it becomes a red flag for me. True. If I can see them seeing my red flags, that's a red flag. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Yeah, because there's like guy like like guys who don't drink or do any drugs or anything like. It's yeah, like, more power to you. Yeah, it's not a red flag. Like, I'm not, like, automatically, but I'm like, well, I'm not going to stop, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, truly, I don't care. You can tell, too, by their, like, facial reaction if they actually care or if they don't. Yeah. um, Yeah, and there are a lot of people who don't care. I, I was talking to my one, like, sober friend, Sarah Boatwright, who was a few weeks ago, and there was this guy, and we were, like, we dated fucking like six or five years ago. And then he hit me up on Christmas to say what's up. And we were supposed to go on another date like like this year. And then he started making excuses. Like the day of he was like, oh, actually, I forgot that I'm I'm doing dry January. So I can't meet. And then I'm like, I'm thinking like, okay, he's just fucking flaking on me. Fuck this guy. And Sarah was like, no, Millie, like he, you know, he's just really trying to be sober and we should support him. You can go to like a sober bar because there are those, you know, there are yeah. that you can hang out with that and they sell cocktails, but they don't sell alcohol and um, all this shit. And uh, then he was like, no, actually, I forgot too that I'm prepping for a marathon. And I'm like, Okay, bitch. First of all, fuck you. Second of all, this is the last time I consider anybody sober. <laughs> so that's also somebody that says I'm prepping for a marathon. I'm like, okay, well, I'm out because you're going to take one look at me and be running a sprint down the street. Oh, no, I don't. I, yeah, I'm like, whatever. That's their, like, I can't even take that on with me. Or someone's like, let's go on a first date. Like, let's go hiking. I'm like, no, okay. What? Hell no. I, I can't even, like, yeah, I can't even think of like because there are people who like go out to like yoga class and stuff with people. They, I love no. I love yoga and I do it like pretty often. But the idea of doing yoga, like I'd want something that makes me look good and like. I, yeah, I don't want to look sweaty. Yeah, I look terrible um, when I'm doing yoga, but it's fun. But you know, I'm not trying to like fuck anyone after. Um, Chris, how many weddings have you been to? How many weddings have I been to or have I been in? <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know how many I've been to. A lot. A lot. And I've been in 10. <laughs> oh, my God. I've been a bridesmaid 10 times. You've been a bridesmaid 10 times. I'm changing my handle of Fat Catherine Heigl. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Damn. What did it say? Yeah. So is there anything you've learned or picked up from what, from all the weddings you've been to and been in? Well, I was in one, and um, she was, like, one of my best friends from high school, and she didn't care about anything that was happening. Like, truly was, like, the most chill bride I've ever seen in my life. And then um, six months after the wedding, she left her husband and said that she never had wanted to get married to begin with. So now that's kind of a red flag to me. If a bride is, like, really not into the idea of any of the planning, I'm like, she doesn't want to do this. Man. Also, too, I would be so like, I haven't gone to a wedding yet that they like broke up. But yeah, if I'm spending like 500 bucks on shit, like. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were together for like seven years before the wedding. So it didn't seem like that was going to be the case. But Damn. lo and behold. 
Damn. Okay, so if she doesn't, if she, if she's not like super into it, okay. Any other things that you've learned? Um, if you can't afford to have an open bar at your wedding, <laughs> scale it down. <laughs> I'm sorry, not for me. Like, if I go to a wedding and it's a cash bar, I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah. Have like, you- I gave you a hundred and fifty dollar gift for this gifts. Like, I hate to be like my presence is a present, but it is like. I mean, it <laughs> depends on the person. I think it's well, also if it depends on where the wedding is because yeah, if it, but even still, I went to a wedding in New York and I didn't give shit, so like I don't know. It's a, and like if it's beer and wine, I'll take that. Okay, I don't need like top line everything. But okay, you can pick up a bunch of cases of wine. Okay, you're getting married. Yeah, no, I'm talking about gifts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gift gifts. I'm like I don't even know if I've ever given anyone a wedding gift. I'm also like, if people walk out of these weddings with like uh, enough money for a down payment on a house, That's so I I want the gifts. Okay, I'm the one going home alone. <laughs> You're going home to your beautiful life with your beautiful lover. You know, give me a break. I'm going home to nothing and uh, overdraft bank account notice and three roommates that are killing each other. <laughs> <laughs> um so chris now we're gonna shift over to comedy um and like performing and just like first of all how is this for you like i'm somebody who's like pretty in into nightlife and like performing and stuff but you're also like you're doing the the drag scene and the comedy scene so yeah hear how this like has been for you um I definitely miss that. I definitely miss also, like, because I just had so many things. Like, I felt like I was, like, opening for someone in New Jersey. I was opening for someone in Connecticut. I was, had, like, drag brunches lined up. I was hosting drag race viewing parties at a bar. I, so I had, like, a lot of things that I was like, okay, these are things I've been working towards for so long. And then this happened. So, um, yeah, I definitely miss all of that. And I'm also afraid of, like, the places that could potentially not reopen. Yeah. When we're back. It's scary. Damn. But we'll see. It was also, I turned 30, like, like, two weeks ago. And so, like, the day before my birthday, one of the drag queens I performed with was like, oh, we sh- we're supposed to be having the last brunch of your 20s today. And we've been talking about, like, getting lit for my last brunch of my 20s because it's a crazy brunch anyway. And I was like, yeah, bitch, I know what we were, like, planning on doing today. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know it doesn't matter. Like, the th- No, I know. That's why, like, in the grand scheme of things, I feel like if I was out of the city but the city was still going on as it was, it would have been different. Like, Yeah, no, but the city's... Yeah. Like, I know that I miss the city, but I also know that the city is not, like, there. So. Yeah, even, yeah, exactly. Like, even if you're here, you're still, you still miss the city. Yeah. Because the city is not what it is. But, so. you, can, you you know, you, uh, you can drink in parts. I mean, not. Can you? Because I think you got in trouble for it. <laughs> okay, I did, but. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it depends on where you go. That cop was just having a bad day. <laughs> he usually doesn't care, but he was just on some. He felt like doing his job, but then I I went a few days later to a different park and drank, and it was fine. Uh, oh, good for you! <laughs> I'm really 
just killing it. Um, okay, Chris. So without names, without naming names, if you don't want to, or naming venues, if you don't want to, but if you do, please uh, go ahead and spill. What's been your most trash experience in comedy? Oh, <laughs> wow. That's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everything blends together. Um, <laughs> I feel like Triple Crown's probably the worst. You cannot pay me to set foot in there again. <laughs> what about it? It's crazy. Uh, the first time I ever performed there, there was a fire. <laughs> was that the fire where they locked all you guys inside and you guys could have all seriously died? <laughs> no, I think that was a different one. Um, this was the literally, like I think the first time I ever performed, it was like eight years ago, and I was on stage and somebody ran into the basement and yelled fire. And then nobody like moved because they thought it was a joke. And then the guy came back and was like, I'm serious. There's a fire. <laughs> and so then everybody had to like leave and the fire department came and there had been a fire. Um, also, the bartenders there are so rude. Yeah, they are. And they like, hey, I'm like, I'm buying drinks. Okay. <laughs> so like knock off the attitude. <laughs> um, food there. I have gotten French onion soup. <laughs> I have too. I've gotten the chicken tenders. Me too. <laughs> Those chicken tenders were always so huge. I like hey, man. big as big as my hand. I'm like, damn. This is a full cutlet. Yeah, it's like a cutlet cut in half. <laughs> damn, y'all. <laughs> what did she do to you? Um, I also once did a drag show and it was in Washington, D.C., and my friend was like, that booked it, <laughs> was like, okay, they're like paying for us to, for our hotel and whatever, and they're paying us to do it. And it was amazing. So we're on the bus there, and he was like, okay, so the hotel fell through, so we're just going to stay at my friend's parents' house. <laughs> oh my fucking and we had to stay in the basement of his friend's parents' house, which was, like, very nice, but still. And then I was like, what time is the show tomorrow? And he was like, it's at noon. <laughs> and I was like, it's at noon. And he was like, yeah, we have to get there at, like, 11. I was like, we have to get up at, like, 6 in the morning then to get ready. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I'm setting my alarm for 5.30. And um, <laughs> we got there, and it was not a show, but it was uh, a continuing education class at American University. And it was, like senior citizens in an art class and so we had to do a number and then stand there for 15 minutes without moving while they drew us uh with like fluorescent lights up and you don't realize how ridiculous it feels to lip sync until it's two a senior citizens in fluorescent lights at a museum <laughs> to no responsing like except for like the one lady that has a gay son that's throwing dollar bills the whole time <laughs> how much did they pay you 20 like 150 bucks which is pretty good yeah that's not bad hey listen and was it right then or was it like eight weeks later no no it was right then oh you know what hey yeah it was, hey it was the senior citizens know how to pay people we'll give them like we'll give them that <laughs> There's very little that I wouldn't do for $150 cash on the spot. Uh, <laughs> um, but there's definitely random bars. There's so many like bizarre bars in Brooklyn, I feel like, that have performance venues, quote unquote, <clears throat> that I've done shows and I'm like, this was a mistake to do. <laughs> oh, for sure. All the fucking time. Um, when it's like 11 p.m. and I'm like, I came here for one person. <laughs> 
to see me like bumble over my set. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Well, tis the life. I miss it. I mean, that's what we miss. (laughs) Uh, Chris, what's your dream project? That's my dream project. Like if you could do Um, any project in the world. I want my own TV show. That's my dream. What kind of show would it be? Um, like a exotic pornographic. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> okay, so normal people. <laughs> Have you seen normal people? No. There's a lot of fucking in that show. Like a lot. Every episode, there's like, it, it's really good. It's a really good show, but there's a lot of fucking. It's good fucking too, but. <laughs> no, like it's like you know they had like an intimacy coordinator, and like they made it so like it looks very real and like intimate. It's like so it was so cool to see how they did it, and they would put blush on people and shit. But like anyway, Ooh. I know. See, that's my nightmare: having to have a sex scene like on camera. It would be so anxious. What um? But what kind of show? So okay, so it's not like girls then, because if you don't want a sex scene. I mean, I would do it. I would just be nervous. <laughs> well, yeah, I think everyone would be nervous. But yeah, I would say like an HBO E type. HBO show. or E, because those are two different things. No, like an HBO esque. Oh, HBO esque. Okay. Not HBO or E. <laughs> or E. I'm like, I'm like, or E. So the soup or. In- <laughs> um, like yeah. scripted, scripted. Uh, Scripted HBO comedy with like slight moments of drama. Okay, so yeah, an HBO show. I feel like yeah, there's not really a comedy. Well, except for like those sketch shows, but there's like very, very little like comedy, comedy type shit. You know? Yeah, that's like pure comedy. Yeah, everything has a little bit of drama. Do you like Shrill? Um, I haven't watched it. Oh my gosh, Chris. So here's the thing about like shows in general is like once I watch it, if I like it, then I'm like very invested in it and it's all I think about for like days. So I have to like really pick and choose. Yeah, I feel like I'm pickier with my TV shows and or no, I'm pickier with movies. And then I watch anything, but yeah, I've been I've been really watching um a lot of shit. But yeah, you watch a lot of the reality TV, right? Yeah, because th- I don't get as invested in that. Oh. So what's your favorite Real Housewives? Oh, um, it depends. I think overall I would say probably Atlanta. Yeah, I was going to say, Even is Atlanta your racist? I'm kidding. Shut up. <laughs> Do you watch Potomac? That's really good, too. Potomac? Um, I've seen some. I've seen some. Atlanta, but this season, like, dragged on a little bit too long. Atlanta. Yeah, there, I felt like, like, I, there wasn't a lot of drama. Well, it's also like Nini just needs to go. I'm sorry. <laughs> she doesn't like she like gets and doesn't get along with any of the girls, so like she just won't be at things. It's really bizarre. Um but also they all have different things, you know? Dallas is bad. I'll say that. I don't like Dallas. Yeah, isn't there like definitely a racist on that one? Yeah, but she got fired, I think. Okay, good. Good Andy. Um New York and Beverly Hills are like the ones that are currently on. So yeah, how are you liking Beverly Hills with um, Gracell? 
Garcelle. Garcelle. <laughs> I love Garcelle. I love Beverly Hills because they're the richest. So it's like they're like truly like insanely wealthy. So it's it's crazy because like the one like OC and stuff. I'm like these hoes don't even make a million dollars. But no. Beverly Hills, like literally, there's one that has like two private planes. Jeez. Oh my gosh. I didn't even know that. Wow. She's like 40, but her husband's like 85. And he was the lawyer in the real Aaron Brockovich case that, like, won for Aaron Brockovich. Oh, really? Yeah. And he's the only lawyer in, like, the United States that has ever won a $1 billion settlement. Oh, my God. I gotta... Now I'm interested, because I didn't... And she's, like, a drag performer. (laughs) She was actually just in Broadway until quarantine she was just in chicago on broadway what what what's her name erica jane is oh, her erica stage jane. name oh okay okay that's so funny that's so funny all right well good to know um yeah check it out all right well we're heading toward the end of our um segment our interview segment but we always end with a nice little lightning round and i just go through a list of things and you tell me if they're trash or not okay and um yeah and then we'll talk about anything that sticks out to you um after but you gotta be quick okay dry hand jobs trash monogamy um not trash murder hornets trash dallas bbqs not trash (laughs) big Ange. oh my god not trash sliding into kardashian dms not trash (laughs) you bitch (laughs) dixie chicks not trash applebee's trash but i still go (laughs) pause cruella deville oh my god not trash icon (laughs) brats dolls the trash ricky martin trash (laughs) um did you just pull all of my favorite things from online some of them and then some of them i'm like i know he's gonna have like uh candy did a lot of them and then i did obviously dallas bbq and applebee's because i'm just curious Um, i have gotten drunk at dallas bbq a lot of times i used to work at dallas bbq chelsea and times square oh my god how was that uh, um, I used to be a photographer for Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> Annie Leibovitz. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, I used to take a pic, uh, like pictures of people at their tables, and then turn them into keychains, and then try to sell it back to them for a tip. Uh, I know. <laughs> so, so Dallas BBQ, because I and I used, I also used to work at Dave and Buster's too, and Dallas BBQ. Um, there was always like a couple. Like, they'd be like, oh, can you take a picture of us? And I'd be like, yeah, fine. And then they'd start making out. And then they, <laughs> they want me to take a picture of them making out. Like, <laughs> kiss and turn it into a keychain. And then you'd go home with them? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, like, oh, geez. Um, so, yeah. And then also, too, somebody said, and I really, I really, um, like, this hit home for me. And I want to hear your reaction of, like, the theater gays, like the theater, like the white theater gays who are like so rude to service staff, don't know where they're going to end up in five years. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I worked at a restaurant in Chelsea for years too, so I get it. Yeah, no, but also too, like the, I, I just remember one time at this table of like gay teens, and they were so fucking mean to me, and, and I'm just like, y'all, y'all, y'all gonna learn one day. I remember once when I was working at the restaurant, I waited on like two 16 year old boys that were like on a date and I wanted to be like, you have no idea how lucky you have it. <laughs> you little pieces of shit. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Wait, didn't you get convicted for murder? No, I did not get convicted for murder. <laughs> I almost got charged with attempted murder. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm so sorry, Chris. The long story short on that is uh I like had a crush on the straight kid. I was straight at the time also. I was only 18. We were working at the grocery store together. He was upset because his girlfriend broke up with him. He was not upset. He just wanted attention. Uh I left a note on his car that said come out or die. And then we all went out that night. <laughs> And he got like really drunk. And then in the morning I woke up to literally hundreds of missed calls because they couldn't find him. Um, <laughs> but they found the So I drive down to where we were and there was a thousand cop cars there and I get like ambushed and they had found the note that I left <laughs> on his car. Um, and he literally was in the bed that he like, cause he was so drunk. I put him to bed in this bed and he was in that bed he just was under too many comforters and they didn't see him. So they almost... <laughs> you killed him? And so I was like, if he had died, I would have been charged with murder. Yeah. Oh For sure. <laughs> <laughs> so careful what you do. Yeah, now he's gay, you're saying? Yeah, very. <laughs> and now you're still straight. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> well, the final question, Chris... What's one fond, happy memory that restored your faith in humanity? I mean, besides almost getting charged with murder. <laughs> um, oh, this story is crazy. So once, and this was like four or five longer, I don't know, six years ago, I was waiting for the L train and it was like 21 minutes or something. And then, it, it was down to one minute and then went back to like 34 or something. Oh my God. And I was like, oh my God. And I was with my friend and then we were like, let's just get a cab. And this kid that was also waiting was like, oh, are you guys heading to Brooklyn? Like, do you want to split a cab? And he was like, cute and whatever. Probably a murderer. And we were like, <laughs> okay. And so <laughs> we go. He lived like right next to me. My friend gets out of the car we're like driving a little bit and he's like, so should I tell you now or later that I don't have any money? <gasps> and I was like, like flipped out because I was drunk and feeling myself. And then he was like, I mean, I can like, uh, I have like quarters upstairs. I can't. And I was like, no, like karma will be the one that pays me back. And then he got out of the car. I never thought about it. I mean, I thought about it cause it was shitty. But then four years later, I was working at a restaurant in the West Village and I had to make copies of the menu and I went to this little copy shop and she was like, it's like $17 or whatever. And this guy puts a 20 down on the counter and was like, I got it. And I like looked up and he was like, you told, you said karma would pay you back. And it was him. Oh my God. And I was like, oh my God. I like, it was so 
weird and like crazy. And then I was like, thank you, whatever. And then I like started walking out. He's like, wait, like, what's your name? <laughs> and I was like, Chris. And he like said his name, which I don't remember. And then I walked out and that's the one that got away, baby. Oh my God. But honestly though, that wasn't your money. That was the restaurant's money. <laughs> like I know. But and I almost said like, can you buy me a Diet Coke or something instead? <laughs> But it was still, you know, very yeah. crazy. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. He was always looking for you, like. And he looked good, too. <laughs> but maybe in another four years. You know, Serendipity Reboot is calling your name on, <laughs> on the Freeform channel. I hope so. On the Lifetime Movie Network. I'd watch it. Uh, Same. <laughs> Because I watched the Meghan Markle story, part one and part two. Uh, <laughs> you know what, Chris? Different cast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was Vivica Fox in both? No, bitch. It was. She's the mom in every Lifetime or Hallmark movie. Um, Lifetime's actually really intentionally trying to like uh, market to black women. So they do like the most auntie ass, like, fucking, <laughs> like produced by Mary J. Blige. Like, <laughs> I swear to God, they did a biopic of this one, like, gospel group in the 70s. It's like, oh my God, you guys aren't even. <laughs> they did the Tony Braxton biopic. Like, who's watching this? Um, <clears throat> yeah, they had one starring the woman from Facts of Life, Trudy or Rudy from Facts of Life. <laughs> Anyway, Chris, it was so nice to have you. Thank you. Thank you. It was so nice being here. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, where can people find you? You can find me at Fat Carrie Bradshaw on Instagram or Fat Carrie Bishaw on Twitter because the characters are different. And you can listen to my podcast, Middle Children, wherever you listen to podcasts. Everyone's getting no, uh, Middle Children. Yeah, my podcast, The Bachelor, wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Chris. Yay. I'll take a trash. Bye. Thank you for listening to the All Dick is Trash podcast. The All Dick is Trash podcast is produced by Candy Haro, and we are part of the More Banana Podcast Network. Our founder and managing producer is Kate Moldenhauer. If you would like to share an anonymous confession, email trashdickconfession at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at ADIT Podcast. And of course, you can always follow me, your host, Millie Tamaris, on Twitter at Millie Tamaris. Stay classy, y'all. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.